Welcome to the podcast of Scott Street MB Church. We hope you find this message inspiring and encouraging in your walk as a disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning, dear family. It's good to be together and to study God's Word together. You know, I couldn't let James go. I had to have one more week of the book of James. Um, We've been enjoying studying, looking through the book of James for over a month now, and um, and it's, it's a powerful book, and I trust that you've enjoyed our journey. Basically, starting next Sunday, we're starting the journey towards Easter. Um, but today, we'll finish the book of James. As we celebrate so much today, it's so nice to have the children in the service again. Uh, thank you, Phil. Phil, you are huge in my eyes. And, uh, and we love you. Yes. Your work and your care for the kids, your stature is immense. Um, and as we will go to the communion table uh, at the end of the message and following up with potluck, what a wonderful Sunday. Before we say goodbye to the book of James, let's take this one last look at a simple truth, a profound part of the book. Thank you for reading the scripture. Um, This part of the book is for every member of the body of Christ, for children, and particularly, I believe, is for families. And in our families, we have the choice to build each other up or to tear each other down. We have the choice to make each other strong or to make each other weak. And the most powerful tool that we have in our families to support our husbands and our wives, to make our children strong and resilient is the use of our tongue. To be honest, I think that our homes are like a battleground. God wants to fill our homes with love and light, and Satan would like to fill them with darkness and stress. And it is our battleground. And before we can be successful in any battle that we enter into, we need to firstly know our enemy, second, we have to locate the battlefield, and thirdly, we have to define our battle objectives. How will we have victory? Let's start looking at the enemy. Now, unlike most battles, most battles we're fighting against something external, another person, another, another entity. This battle is a battle that we carry with us with our own tongues, our own hearts and minds. The enemy is within ourselves, and we carry that enemy in us. And we either control it or it controls us. Many of the battles that we face on a daily basis are Satan's attacks on our physical bodies or on our loved ones, on our finances. But I want to look at the enemy within, the enemy of self. There are many people today who like to make excuses for their actions or words uh, by confessing, I just can't help myself or that's just the way I am. Um... And you can't help yourself because you don't believe that you can help yourself. God's purpose for your life today is that you take control over yourself. And we call that self-control. When you don't have control of yourself, that's because you're lacking self-control. Is is self-control easy? Is anyone here perfect in their self-control? I'm looking for a hand. No. Kids, are any of you perfect? No, I can see that. I've talked to your mom and dad. (laughs) 
<laughs> I wasn't perfect when I was a kid either. Proverbs 16.32, an interesting scripture that says, Better a patient person than a warrior, one who has self-control than someone who controls and takes a whole city. God re- God's word reveals that a person's ability to exercise self-control and rule themselves is a greater accomplishment than to, entire, than to, to control an entire city. The Apostle Paul knew the importance of exercising control over himself. He said, I keep my body under control and I bring it unto subjection, lest that by any means, um, when I have preached to others, I would find myself a castaway. I would be rejected. We know the difficulty of taming our tongues. It is a battle. Does it get any easier as we get older? Please say yes. No, I, I see Abraham shaking his head back there. No, Pastor Rob, the, it's still a battle when you're... A, sorry? Paula says it gets worse. It's, it gets harder as you get older. Well, we all have to, to manage to control ourselves and control our tongues. Kids, children, look at me. Stick out your tongues. Stick. All of you have one, don't you? You all have a tongue. You can put the tongue back in now. It's good. It's good. I can see that tongue. That's the last time anyone's ever going to ask you to stick out your tongue in church, let me tell you. The battlefield is our tongue. Our tongue is where that battle is. When people go to war, they go to the battlefield. And when you go to the battlefield, you go to the front of the battlefield where the war is really going on. And we call that the front lines. And when soldiers go to the front line, they know they're going to where the, the battle is heated, where, there's a, where it's, it's most important. The front lines. And in the Christian world, I believe that the front lines is in our homes. Our front line is in our homes, right where we live. I'd like you to take a close look at the words that you say in your homes and see if they line up with God's word. We're going to discover how to to gain control over our tongues and use them as powerful forces for good. Our tongues are powerful for good or for evil. It's up to us to use them correctly. You may be wondering, why is it so important to control my tongue? James says, anyone who says he's a Christian, or she's a Christian, but doesn't control their tongue, is just fooling themselves. And their religion is worthless. If you say that you are a Christian, but your tongue is not controlled, your faith, your religion is worthless. You show the inside of yourself, your heart is expressed through your words, through how you use your tongue. There are Christians who attend church services every time the door is open. Their mouths are filled with words of praise and rejoicing. We love to sing beautiful songs. Yet, if you would follow them home, maybe even to the parking lot, you would hear that same mouth criticizing or complaining or gossiping, saying words that make it seem like they're one person at church and another person as soon as they leave the door. 
And that is what we call hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. Using one words, being one person in one place, and using different words and being another person in another place. We are to be one person, Christ's child, the same in the pew as you are in the parking lot, the same in the pew as you are waiting in line at Sobeys, that kind, gentle, loving person. Now, I'm sure that this has never happened to you, but have you ever noticed how easy it is for your mouth to switch gears on Sundays? You know, you're, you get in the car and, and, um, and you get home and suddenly all those pressures hit you and you start thinking and you start speaking like another person. How many people here are hypocrites? I'd like to see every hand (laughs) raised. We're not proud to be hypocrites. We are sinners who are saved by grace. Mr. Bolt, we are sinners who are saved. Show me your hand. You love to put sinners saved by grace. We are. And I am a hypocrite. Please forgive me. I am trying my best to be a Christ-like pastor. But every day is a challenge for me as it is for you. There are Christian families today whose homes are filled with continual bickering, parents yelling and fussing at their children, husbands and wives arguing, criticizing, nagging. There are churches where members use their tongue to stir up strife or to criticize or to gossip and and complain, to destroy the reputations of brothers and sisters. It should not be this way, should it? It should not be this way. The tongue is a dangerous thing. It is the most dangerous part of our bodies. It is so dangerous that I want you to cleanse your palate right now. Turn to someone beside you and say a gracious word. You've got 30 seconds. Cleanse your palate. Say a loving word. Say a loving word. God bless you. Thank, you know when you say a loving word, you know what happens? You smile. Did you look around you while you're doing it? Suddenly you're all smiling. I hope everybody got a loving word. If you didn't get a loving word, God bless you. God loves you. And I do too. Even if I haven't met you yet. James 3, 8 to 10 says, But no human being can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. It seems like nothing is new under the sun. This was written by James thousands of years ago. And it's the same for us today. We need to win this battle. The second strategy we need to take up is we need to set our sights on our battle objectives. 
We need to recognize how powerful our tongue is, how vital our words are, and determine that we will be victorious. You are responsible for the words you speak. You are responsible. Jesus says, this is a hard one, but I tell you that everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word that is spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, by your words you will be condemned. We are self-condemning by our words. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Kids, stick out your tongue again. Stick out your tongue again. Death and life are in the... You can put it back in. Death and life are in the power of that tongue. With that same tongue, each and every one of us who are members of the body of Christ have confessed and said, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me. Come into my heart. We've accepted Christ into our lives with our tongues. And did you know that the words you speak can greatly affect your actions, your entire body, can determine the course of your life? I've been working and teaching at UBC for the past few years, and there's an area of study called epigenetics. And it's, there's a, a global center at UBC, and Sarah and I went to a lecture, and we learned something. We learned something that you can change your genetics by how you live. These uh, neurosurgeons have determined that the speech center of the brain has a dominion over the other nerves in the body. The speech centers of the brain are paramount. And that if we keep saying things, if we say, I am too weak, I cannot do this, I do not have this ability, I am afraid that the nerves received through the nervous system, the central nervous system, in fact become weak and incapable. Our bodies adjust to what we say. It's incredible. Our bodies adjust to what we say. What we say impacts how we think. How we think impacts how we feel. I'm so tired. Did you see my face? I'm so tired. Just saying those things make you tired. I'm so happy. I'm so grateful. Do you feel the difference? Do you feel it? It impacts us. What we say impacts our bodies. Our words form us. And what words are you saying? Are you a half-empty person? A, half, a glass half-empty? Let me tell you, fill it up. And be, fill it to the top. Our words impact us. Since our actions are based on our words, our words should reflect Christ. Here, here's James 3.2. If anyone does not offend in speech, has never said anything wrong, they have a fully developed character and are a perfect person, able to control their whole body and to curb their entire nature. James 3.2. 
How do you curb your entire nature? How do you control your whole body? By controlling your speech. I think the neurosurgeons and James have it right. If you can control your tongue, you can control your whole body. To reinforce this truth, let's consider one of the... uh, James speaks about three graphic illustrations concerning the tongue. Uh, It says, likewise, James 3, 4 to 5, likewise, look at the ships. Though they are great and are driven by rough winds, they are steered by a very small rudder, wherever the impulse of the helmsman desires. Let's go to that picture, Dave. There you have a ship and a rudder. You can see it. It's just behind the propellers. Can you see the, the rudder behind the, the, sh- the, the propeller there? And that makes the ship go where you want it to go. And James draws a parallel between the ship and the rudder and the tongue. I know that in our church there are people who have worked at the Port Weller docks. And they have uh, they've built ships, huge ships. You can see them every day. In fact, I was surprised that there's a ship right there at uh, Lakeshore at lock number one that spent the whole winter there. Have you seen it? Yeah, you can, you can, see, you can see that big ship. And the lights are on 24-7. It's a big, beautiful ship. And they've been working on it all winter long. It's a big ship with a small rudder. But the rudder turns the ship. And just as the rudder is small in comparison to the large ship, The ship weighs thousands of tons. Our tongues determine our direction. So what does this mean to us as believers? If you continually speak negative words of fear, doubt, and discouragement, what are you going to be like? Fearful, doubting, and discouraged. If that's what you're talking about, that's that's the kind of person you're going to be. If you constantly talk about your problems and your sickness, you'll continue to live in your problems and you will feel sick. I'm not talking magic here. I'm just talking the impact of our tongues and our words. If you can take control of your tongue, begin to fill your mouth with faith-filled words, the powerful words of God, begin to speak it forth, you will change the course of your life. Tim, I'm listening to our worship and looking at the words that we sing. And they are faith-filled words. And we sing them. Perhaps what we need to do is to spend the week walking around singing the songs we sing on Sunday. Fill our minds and our lives with with those faith-filled words. They'll change our lives. Ephesians 4, 29-32. This this is basic. It's the epistle. Uh, Ephesians telling us how to live. 4.29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Now, listen, verse 31, get rid of all, is it up there for you? Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and and brawling anger and slander, along with every form of be and to one another, each other, just as Christ God forgave you. That's powerful stuff. Ephesians 4, 29 to 32. So, 
Today I put a little um, handout in your bulletin. Please take it home. In addition to these guidelines concerning your tongue from Ephesians 4, we must not lie. Please, brothers and sisters, let us be people of truth. Boys and girls, boys and girls, boys and girls, are you paying attention? Have you ever lied? No, there's no thumbs up on the lies. I just wanted the hand, not the thumbs up. Yes, you have lied. And so has your pastor Rob. And I am not proud of it. God tells us to live a life of purity and truth. Do not lie. Do not speak evil of another person. Do not sow discord among the brothers. Don't backbite. And and boys and girls, if you don't know what that is, you ask mom and dad. That's a big word. Backbiting. Don't speak with flattering lips. Don't speak proud things. Don't speak deceitfully. Don't murmur and complain. But instead, our speech should be, and those gracious words, those Valentine's Day words, gracious. Our words should be seasoned with salt, purifying words, pleasant words, filled with praise and thanksgiving. Our words should be kind and honest. Scripture tells us what our words should be like, don't they, Paula? Young or old, we know what we need to be, how we need to be speaking. God help us to give our mouths to him. Amen? We can do it, but it's not easy. What are the words that come out of your mouth? Remember that life and death are in the power of the tongue. You can bring light. You can bring health. You are a powerful person in your home, in your business, with the person at the grocery store. You have the, the opportunity to share a word that brings light and life. We can bring encouragement, love, and praise. And you know, when we look at your children, you can tell a child who is resilient, who is encouraged and loved and praised. Can't you? Have you ever seen a child who is beaten down and discouraged? Yes, you have. I have too. And it breaks my heart. It breaks God's heart to see a child who isn't encouraged and loved. If we make an honest evaluation of the words that we have been saying in our lives, we might feel discouraged because we have difficulties controlling our tongue. But brothers and sisters, we can take authority over ourselves and bring our tongues into submission to God. We can learn how to use our tongues as powerful, positive Weapons. We need to speak healing and love and light. Try it. Try it. How about this week? If you feel like saying something negative, you don't say anything at all. I think I shared what my mama said. Better to say nothing at all than to say something negative. Could you do that for a week? What would it be like to hold off saying something negative? That's too long. How about just today? How about today? Could you, if you think you need to say something negative, could you write it down somewhere so you could say it later? Or better still, just forget it. Could you, for a day, not say a word that is discouraging? 
And whatever you say, be positive. Be genuine, but be positive. Jeff, can you do that? Can you do that tomorrow when you go to work? <laughs> can you, is, that, is that possible? I think it is. It's not easy. We live in an environment where people love to tear each other down. The power of the tongue is seen in a story in the New Testament. Jesus, Matthew 21, 18. And it's a story, an interesting story. Jesus curses a fig tree. Now, I, do, I would not want to be that fig tree. Matthew 21. Early in the morning, as Jesus was on his way back to the city, he was hungry. Seeing a fig tree by the road, he went up to it, but found nothing except leaves. Then he said to it, May you never bear fruit again, with an exclamation mark on it. Immediately the tree withered. When the disciples saw this, they were amazed. And they said, How did the fig tree wither so quickly? They asked. And Jesus said to them, Truly, I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but you can say to the mountain, Go throw yourself into the sea, and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Isn't that a story? My goodness, that's a powerful story. The story of the withering fig tree. Now, Jesus' purpose was not to scare the disciples. Jesus did have a purpose in mind, and it really wasn't about the fig tree. This isn't about figs. Jesus' purpose for speaking to the fig tree was to try to impress upon his disciples the power of his words and their words. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to the mountain, throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Mark eleven twenty two. Now let's focus on the word anyone in Scripture. Who is anyone? If anyone says these words, who is anyone? It's you. It's me. Anyone. This includes me. You see, Jesus wanted his disciples to know that it's possible for them to have the same power that he has. The same power is working in their lives as in his life. And not only did Jesus perform the miracle 2,000 years ago as an example for his disciples, he performed that miracle with the fig tree for us. Anyone, that's you and me, continue looking at the scripture. Once again, we look at the word, if anyone says, if anyone says, keyword is says, emphasizing the power of speaking forth. Faith-filled words. Being careful to remember that it's not just a mere act of speaking. Remember, it's not just the speaking to the mountain that moves it. It's words coupled in faith. Words coupled by faith. Before you speak, there must be no doubt. You must get the powerful, creative word of God deep down in your spirit and you speak it. And the Lord answers our prayers and hears our words. When Jesus spoke to the fig tree, he did not doubt. And in the next verse, Jesus went on to say, Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe you have received it, and it will be yours. So, we have finished with James. We're finishing as we talk about the battlefield of your homes. Dear brothers and sisters... Um, 
I love you, and I want your homes to be places of joy and peace, of resilience, of strength. Please take your tongue home and give it to Christ today and this week. Can you do that? Can you manage your tongue at home? Will you do your best? Yes. Will you fail? Yes. Will you succeed? Yes, you will. And God will give us the strength to, to live and to give our tongues to him. We're going to communion in a moment. And in communion, we offer our hands, our hearts, our lives. This morning, as we go to communion, can we offer up our tongues? Can we offer up our tongues as we take the bread and we take the cup and we receive Christ? Can we offer him our whole lives and our tongues in unique and powerful ways? Let's realize that we are on a battlefield. And as we approach the communion table... Let's ask Christ to forgive us, to strengthen us, and give us the power to live faith-filled lives. Amen. God bless you. God bless your tongue. Let's pray. Father, this morning we ask that you would help us to know our enemy, the tongue. And may we gain a godly control over our words. Help us to share strength kindness, and wisdom with each other and every person we encounter. We ask protection for ourselves and our families, protection for our children. Help us to be victorious in the battlefields of our homes. Father, help us not to be hypocrites, but to be strong and faithful in all we say and all we do. Father, Help us to lean towards words that are gracious, pleasant, words of thanksgiving and praise. Father, may our words be honest. We lay it all before you now. And as we approach your communion table, the table of our Lord this morning, we approach boldly, knowing that your love and your forgiveness wait for us there. Bless us now as we share with you Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening. For any questions about the message or to contact any of our pastors, please visit scottstreetchurch.ca.